Hello and welcome to the show show, the show about shows. I'm Dirt Reynolds. I'm the text man. Nice to meet y'all. So as I'm sure you all have noticed before, you've heard these voices in many different avenues and forms in the past, but this is a new show, as I alluded to earlier, about shows. And the show we're going to be going over today is the 2003 Nicktoon, My Life as a Teenage Robot. So, Cam, give me a little background on, like, you know, how you were exposed to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I think, I've, I want to say I remember, like, watching it from the beginning. Um, you know, as, a, as an eight-year-old, I was pretty tapped into all things Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network at the time. So, you know, when they debuted new shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as most most kids at that age probably were. Um, but I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty pretty aware of, like, new shows that they had coming out. I remember seeing, like, promos for it when I was a kid, uh, thinking it would be pretty decent. And, uh, and watching it as a kid and watching it now, um, I feel two different ways about it. Uh, I liked it when I was younger. Um, I thought it was okay. You know, it was it was as good as any other show. Um, I didn't really love it or hate it. It was kind of like a seven or eight out of ten uh, when I was a kid. Uh, but now, watching going back and watching it as an adult, I can appreciate some of the humor more, some of the uh, some of the jokes more, some of the stylistic choices more. And uh, I think it I think it holds up. How about you? So uh, much like you, I was a uh, very tapped in six year old. Um, Obviously, I loved loved getting that nice amount of blue light, uh, you know, right to yeah. my face. <laughs> the serotonin <laughs> for the for the serotonin, of course, with that big ass uh, tube on the back of the TV. Um, but yeah, um, I was very tapped into Nickelodeon at the time, as well as Cartoon Network and Disney, of course. Yes, but, Disney Channel also. Yes. Oh yeah, but Disney uh, Disney was a distant a distant third for me though at least when i was when i was a kid um yeah i was, like def- if, I was definitely more into nick and cartoon network yeah yeah if everybody else was dry like disney had you know proud family that can yeah they had the they I, I would i would i would watch disney for like the decoms uh disney channel original movies i would watch like uh i would watch fill of the future here and there um you know oh, yeah, stuff like that future. but uh they definitely were, were a distant third for me because I was more I was way more into like the animated shows when I was little. So uh, they were a distant third for me back then. They had, they had some gems, which we will get into in later weeks. But uh, yeah, oh, they yeah. were they were a distant third for me. For sure. But uh, going, going back. Uh, yeah, I was very tapped in six year old, of course. And um, I think the show debuted like right before I started first grade. Mm. And I remember watching the first episode and being like, I think I've seen this somewhere before. (laughs) Yeah. Which I had. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I liked, you know, I, I liked the concept basically of like, oh, she's badass, but she's also trying to be like normal. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the fit in and the fit out thing. And, you know, as, as a kindergartner who already kind of felt out of place. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It kind of, kind of hit close to home, 
but I found that it was kind of hard to keep up with because like, you know, most shows like had a new episode every Friday or yep. whatever. Yeah. But like this one just didn't really have the regularity. So like, I'm not sure I watched it like every week or yeah, me know, every new episode, but like, I definitely remember like, you know, the cluster prime. Uh, yeah. I definitely like going, going back and watching it. Um, I definitely, there, there are episodes where I like, I'm watching for like a minute or like two minutes. I'm like, yeah, I remember this one. Oh uh, yeah. And then, and then there's ones that I can I could have like even told you about before I went back and watched it. Uh, but no, I definitely didn't like watch it every week. But uh, you know, if it was on, you know, and I was I was you know I happened to have Nickelodeon on, you know, in two, in the mid two thousands, I was definitely watch it. You were not flipping the dial. No. Yeah, me either. But um. That kind of brings us to like, you know, the background of the show. I kind of alluded to it earlier. So effectively, um, the creator of the show, Rob Renzetti, he has a fucking like ridiculous crazy resume. Yeah, crazy resume. You just you just go to his uh his Wikipedia page, it's just banger after banger, like just like right out the gate too. his first job was on Batman the animated series. Crazy. <laughs> like that's crazy. He, yeah, and then he parlayed that into a very underrated show, Two Stupid Dogs. Yes. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed uh Two Stupid Dogs as a kid. I did as well and perhaps uh it will uh, get its own spot on the show at some point. But yeah, he worked there and then he basically just worked for, you know, the um he worked with friends, but his mm-hmm. friends were, you know, Craig McCracken. Yeah, and uh Tartakovsky. Yeah, exactly. Uh for those not in the know, that's the creator of uh Powerpuff Girls and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, and the creator of Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack, respectively. Mm-hmm. And you know, he spent a lot of time during that era you know trying to get his own you know name out there and get his own show as you know most people would want to do right and his first project to get started with was mina and the count and i think you looked into this a lot more than i did yeah i did um so fun fact um well let's just just give you a bit of background on mina and the count it was a, a show or it was planned to be a show uh, I'll get more on that later. Uh, about a little girl who is friends with a vampire. Uh, I thought I, when I looked into it, I thought it was pretty stylistically similar to like uh, what was the show before Billy and Mandy? Grim and Evil. Yeah, it was. It that's the the humor, the kind of like macabre uh, elements of it. I thought were kind of similar. Um, so that aired as a short on interestingly cartoon network and nickelodeon one of the only shows in at least in my memory or knowledge that uh did so aired on cartoon networks what a cartoon and nickelodeon's oh yeah cartoons both in 1995 the show was not picked up for a full run but i think you could say it marked the start of uh renzetti's career and like his aspirations as a creator yeah and like with what I have looked up of it, you know, like you can definitely see 
Renzetti kind of has a style, right? Yeah, to how he you know approaches things. Uh, he definitely has an appreciation for that, like Mickey Mouse, uh, Fleischer era, you mm-hmm. know, type of stuff. Felix the Cat, uh, that kind of yeah, thing. yeah. It's it's the art style in both shows. This show and Teenage Robot uh, is very reminiscent of um, like those, like you said, those like twenties and thirties era. Uh, cartoons not talkies <laughs> no no like the og stuff yeah and you know i feel like you know rob kind of felt you know pretty pretty worn down and you know down and out because like this is a project he'd been working on for you know quite some time yeah. he he dedicated five mini episodes to it in uh, oh yeah and what a cartoon across the two of them and all of the networks balked so like you know after you expend all of your energy into this one thing it you know you got to wonder where your motivation is at that point you know mm-hmm. and he got back he got back in the lab though to his credit between mm-hmm. between this and um eventual my life's teenage robot Worked yeah. on some heavy. Worked on some real heavy hitters. Um, Powerpuff Girls, Family Guy, Time Squad, another underrated show. Time uh, oh, man. <laughs> House of Mouse, uh, Samurai Jack, and whatever happened to Robot Jones, which is another show we will most certainly be hitting yes. at some point. But yeah, in the meantime, he had a sixth Mina in the count slot to work with. And he kind of toyed with the idea of like, you know, uh, this teenage boy is a, you know, has a robot friend. That was kind of the like loose idea he had in his head. Well, then he was like, what if I just mesh those two people together? And then he was like, well, what if it's a girl? And thus XJ9, a.k.a. Jenny was born. <laughs> and that led to the um, the pilot, effectively, that showed on Oh Yeah Cartoons. And, God, I want to say it was like 1998. 99. <laughs> Even then. Yeah. My yeah. God, this is like pre-Y2K that this, that this aired. Yeah, it's amazing when you go back and, and, and look at how long or how many years some of this stuff was cooking. Well, yeah, because, like, you know, the one that I think about the most when it comes to Oh Yeah is like Fairly Odd Parents. Right. They they had three, I think they had three shorts on there, and they were spread out. So that way, when the show actually started and got its run going, it had some momentum consistently built, some hype built behind it. Yeah. Chalk Zone was the same way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the My Neighbor Was a Teenage Robot, which was the name of the pilot, you <laughs> you look at like a four-year gap between, you know, those airings, it, that is an insane gap. Yeah. A lot. And, that for In TV years, that's a lot. Oh, yeah, especially in that. That was the peak of TV. Like, yeah. you know, of, of, children, of children's TV, I would agree. Oh, yeah. So, like, that long gap is insane to think about. So, basically, you know, he 
gets the okay from Nickelodeon and production begins and problems already started to surface there. (laughs) So apparently Rob is, you know, a very um, take your time, make sure that it's done right the first time kind of guy, which they were they were doing the storyboards like before um, proof of concept for the episode. Yeah, yeah and they had a two week turnaround on them, which is insane. <laughs> like that's a, yeah, that's like that's almost like South Park level. Yeah, but like South Park finishes like literally an entire episode in five days. Yeah, that's that's an insane work ethic and commitment to it doing what they do yeah you got it you got to commend them for like the show or not yeah exactly but you know rob like i said he's more of a take his time kind of guy so that kind of made things a lot harder for him and you know he wasn't known for making deadlines very well see in my opinion you know this going in as the network I don't really understand why you're trying to force him to be a different way when this is what you paid for. Right. So that immediately caused some problems, some friction between the network and the people that worked on the show. And the first episode airs and it's great. It looks fantastic. It's literally just the, Oh yeah. Pilot, but, modernized because yeah they cleaned it up a little bit because because uh, if you go back and watch like the original <laughs> pilot it's, uh, it's pretty rough well like jenny looks practically the same which yeah, more or less yeah well like th- there wasn't really a whole lot that they changed yeah but nora whoo boy <laughs> nora looks entirely different brad looks somewhat similar but not really tuck looks kind of the same but he has yeah. a hat really weird but basically the pilot is a touched up version of the original pilot and i mean the ratings for it were modest they were good (laughs) you know that for a first episode on a friday night pretty decent (laughs) but the problem becomes with the production order and how it was aired. So I know you looked a bit into this. Yeah. So for the first season, um, they pretty much went with the, cause so, so basically each, each episode is formatted into two 15 minute segments. So for the first season, you have uh, one episode a week for the first, let me see here. One, two, For the first 10 weeks, you first 11 weeks, I'm sorry, you have you have an episode a week. That's great momentum. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's can't ask much better than that. Then you have a three-week break. Oh no. In the middle of the show's first season, which is right towards the end of it. Troubling. Yes. So and then then how long until the last one? Uh in the first season? Yeah. So the three-week gap that I referred to earlier is from October 3rd to October 24th. Not really, I'm bad, but not really crazy not in the grand scheme of things. 
Then you have the next episode is November 7th. Then two weeks until the next episode, November 21st. And then the penultimate episode of the first season does not air until January 23rd, 2004. Jesus Christ. So with the first, you know, set of episodes that aired relatively consistently, yeah. were they all on the same day of the week? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, every yes, every uh every Friday, yep. Every Friday for 11 weeks. Wait, what time? <laughs> huh? What time? Oh, up until episode 11. I thought no, up, un- 11 no, I'm saying every Friday for 11 weeks is is what the original okay. the original run was, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. See, that that's so wild to me because like I mean, first of all, Friday is an awful time slot traditionally. Yes. Even for kids in a network. Yes. Because like your parents might take you out to Chuck E. Cheese or something on Friday. Movies. You know? People go movies. to movies on Fridays. So Blockbuster was still a thing. People, yeah, people yeah. Were, yeah. You rent a video game. Get you get you some Twizzlers or something. Rent a t- man, remember renting tapes? Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and then you had to rewind it before you sent them back, or you got a feel. Ugh, hated it. But anyway, you know, Friday night is actually commonly referred to as the death time slot. Yes. And for them to debut a new show, which didn't really fit their, like, target demographic which i feel like at that time was our age of kid you know like well six, yeah six it, to 11. the show is a little bit like more mature than maybe something for that age group i would say yeah i i would agree and like, that's kind of what i was getting at like mm-hmm. you know the show didn't really hit their target demo and they're putting it in a time where the target demo of the show is out doing things more than likely right so it's just there's a whole lot of not there's a lot of things that are not lining up and when you have that kind of like lack of synergy between the network and (laughs) And the creators of the show and what your expectations are that creates problems right <laughs> and you know i mean i think those problems probably extended into season two if i'm not oh they did mistaken. they did okay so what what happened uh just to give you just to give you a, a rundown of uh season two season two consists of 14 30 minute episodes uh, just to give you a bit of a, a reference for the time frame we're dealing with here, the first episode aired on December eighth, two thousand and four, and the oh, final wow. episode. So it was like almost a whole year between. Right. When the but it gets but it gets better. Of- just just hold on a second. Oh no! <laughs> the final episode of season two aired on September 9th, two thousand and five. I I mean that's. That's not see that's horrible. that doesn't sound bad, but then so after the first episode of season two, okay, they air the uh next 
let me see here. One, two, three, four, five. They had the next five episodes on five consecutive days from January January 24th to January 28th. Oh, no. <laughs> then after that, the next episode doesn't air until March 25th. And then so after that, the next episode, yes. Then after that, the next episode doesn't air until June 23rd. Three months. <laughs> And then the Cluster Prime movie came out in like August 1st. August 12th. August 12th. Okay. I remember it was like right before school started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like there's like still four, three or four more episodes. When were those aired? Those were aired on September 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, 2005. Oh my. Bruh. <laughs> so. Ah, the. So let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. They aired nine episodes within nine days separately, of course, but yes, I, I would be correct there, right? Yes, and that then is correct. two, and then two other episodes in the production order were taken care of at just random times. Well, no, in the same day because of the cluster. Oh, prime the cluster movie. prime, yeah. No, but then you even you have uh, episode eight and episode one, which just aired at just random days. It, <laughs> no consistency whatsoever. No, like, like they started off well, mm-hmm. and then they were just like, "Fuck it." <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. They're just like, oh, we got an open time slot. Yeah, sprinkle a little teenage robot in there. Get us a little tuck action, you know? I just, how do they, how do you expect a show to succeed with just no regularity? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the motivation there is. Because to me, like, you know, if you're doing one of those, oh, we're going to show X amount of episodes in a week. I I mean, that's great for marketing. It is. But if you're not going to, like, have the other episodes, you know, follow it at, like, a consistent, like, Thursday evening time slot, Mm -hmm. you're going to be in trouble. (laughs) Which the show was. As now, now we I'm found going out. through the uh, the Nick's schedules for when the show was on pretty much hiatus oh. uh, between between June and August of 2005. Okay, and they were airing reruns. Like I'm like I'm looking here at July 19th, 2005. Um, they aired rerun. They had a rerun at 5:30 p.m. that night. But the, like even just looking at the schedule here like there's no like there's no form or like rhyme or reason to anything like so at noon nick nick proper starts you know nick jr's in the morning uh nick proper starts with an hour-long block of spongebob sure whatever um then you get uh an hour of hey arnold (laughs) then an hour of jimmy neutron an hour of the last airbender my dad, the rock star, four o'clock, all grown oh up at four thirty. <laughs> SpongeBob again at five. Uh, Teenage Robot five thirty. 
Nez Declassified at six, Amanda Show at six thirty. Just two, just two live action shows randomly in the middle of the day. Whatever. <laughs> I don't uh, mind that. They're, they were good. <laughs> then you go back to Tunes for an hour and a half uh, with Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron, SpongeBob. Heavy hitters. Then, yeah. To be to be fair, those are probably like your 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 ratings oh. ratings titans. I don't I don't mind that. They're bread and uh, butter time. And then you end the night off the Nick night. Before you get into Nick Nick Jr., I mean uh, Nick at night. I'm sorry, with uh, Drake and Josh. So basically, they wedged. They were just uh, throwing yeah. shit at the wall and seeing what stuck. Well, yeah, like they they totally just like wedged my life as a teenage robot in during fucking dinner time. Yeah, five thirty, five thirty. What's I mean? It's the middle of the summer, so like kids are still outside. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Right. They're they're playing until the streetlights come on. <laughs> yeah, street street lights come on like six thirty, seven o'clock. That's like that's Amanda show, fairly odd parents. That's that's actually pretty pretty good, pretty smart scheduling by them. Get get the odd parents on at seven when you come come back in from a long day of playing outside. That's, that's pretty except, decent. I don't, I don't mind that. Except for you know, at the expense of the robot, of course. Oh, for, yeah, of course. So, you know, this supreme lack of scheduling. You know they dropped 11 episodes in 10 days effectively um led to worse and worse ratings which i think that's to be expected given the circumstances yeah if i don't know what day the show comes on how am i gonna watch it this is this is before like if you can the internet before before dvr well, yeah. Like now, now this wouldn't be a problem because, like, you just set your TV to record. Uh, My life as a teenage robot at any time, and then right. you got you all the episodes. Watch it. Right. Yeah, this is way before TiVo, and I well, TiVo uh, was a thing, but like two people had it. Like, no, yeah, like, exactly. Like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates had it. Right. But yeah, it's just like I don't, I just don't understand, like what the motivation for that way of scheduling was. It just almost seemed like the mostly like weekly dumps that they did of the show mm-hmm. were almost just like, Oh, we need to get these out. We have this time slot open all week next week. Let's just do that. It just seems like nonchalant instead of like deliberate. Right. You know, no, it, you know, you're right. So, that brings us to the fateful day in 2005 <laughs> where Robert and Zeddy on the blog that they had for the show, which at that time, way ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. People, people do that shit all the time now. But like, no, that, not even that. Like, don't like, I, you could probably just like go and tweet the writers of Steven Universe right now. Yeah. But like, this was like mind blowing for the time, like this kind of access to the, you know, writing staff and stuff. And Robert and Zeddy is basically just like, you know, you know how when you pull a bandaid off, it hurts a lot less. (laughs) And then he's just like, we got canceled. And I was like, Oh no. (laughs) But like, he was basically just like the network loves the show, but the ratings just aren't where they need to be. Which, like, you know, that's the game you play, but also the game was not really fair at all, No, <laughs> it seems. 
and it no, gets they, even... they definitely got a raw deal uh for sure 100 yeah and it seems like it only got worse from there because they had a whole third season that they'd finished An entire third season and what happened to that third season funny thing about that third season um it aired in asia <laughs> before it aired in america all right so basically what you're telling me is they shipped it off to Alcatraz. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so it aired on Nickelodeon in Asian markets in 2006 uh, through 2007. Um, kind of out of order. Uh, oh, no. Because like you got, I'm looking at production order and like it starts in November. But then, at, no, I'm sorry. My mistake. <laughs> I'm looking at production order. I need to look at airing date. Uh, so apparently the first episode of, of season three aired in November, but season three itself started with the fourth episode, which aired in August. Oh boy. So already we're all out. Yeah. We're already already out of order. Um, that that went on until, um, Get my dates right here. That went on until about March of 2007 in Asia. Um, America didn't get those episodes until October 4th, 2008. Oh, no. Long, long That's after it. anyone really, anyone who was the age really cared about that, the show about it. And like, I, just to give you a frame of reference, I was 13 years old in 2008. I was eight years old when the show, when the show started airing. It only has 40 episodes. Yeah, only 40 episodes. And, you know, when you really look at it, they aired a whole fourth of the show <laughs> within the span of Two days. literally 10 days. <laughs> when you really go back and think about yeah, it. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, at the time, you know, I didn't have Nicktoons, unfortunately. Oh, that's, yep, that, that is another good point that I did not mention. Third season in the United States aired exclusively on Nicktoons, which, fun fact, is Nickelodeon's third, or was Nickelodeon's third tier network at the time, only available to uh, digital cable subscribers. Who was considered second tier at the time, Noggin, or the N? I would say so, yeah. That, yeah, that's because the end had to, you gotta remember that the end had like the grassy, the grassy was big, like they and had, Daria. right, 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 reruns, of course. I mean, you but, could even say fourth tier because Nick, Nick Jr., um, I don't think it was its own channel yet. Oh, okay, it was still just a block, yeah, okay, but but anyway, yeah, it <laughs> and then they, you know, aired it pretty. Regularly, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, that's the one time it got some, uh, some, some consistent scheduling. Um, they, they did take a, they did take basically a month hiatus between February '09, which is even crazier. This show aired in 2009. I was in high school in 2009. That's insane. I was in middle school from being a first grader. <laughs> like, but the on. final, the final episode aired, uh, unceremoniously on Nicktoons on May 2nd. 2009 and it doesn't even feel like a finale either because no, that it's just, no, I, at all i did my due diligence going through for this show because obviously we were retooling and i remembered it very fondly mm-hmm. so you know i went back and did a full rewatch of it 
in the As week leading up to this. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we're, I'm getting down to the last couple episodes. I'm like, there's just no sense of finality here. No. Which it just ends. Yeah. Well, like the, I will say the season three finale did kind of have some stakes to it because it was, you know, that episode with uh, Dr. Locust and, you know, he, you know, takes control of Jenny briefly, but she's, you know, able to break free of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's really cool. But like, like you said, there were still like other things that didn't really feel like short up. If the show had ended with the Cluster Prime movie, I think that would have been a good, good place to stop it. Which is why Paramount ends it there in their area. Yes, if you if you watch it on uh, shout to Paramount Plus by the way, uh, all all episodes of uh, of my last teenage right by streaming on Paramount Plus. Indeed, but yeah, it's just. <laughs> You know, I'm going back through the episodes and I'm just like, you know, Melody leaves um, Locust's daughter. And I think it was like early in season three or like Mm -hmm. late season two. And they never shored that up. They never shored up, you know, hypothetically XJ10. I don't think that was going to happen, but like it could have, you know. Yeah. It was joked about, it was alluded to in the de facto Christmas special, you know, and just in general, like, I don't know, like, they kind of hinted towards Jenny and Brad maybe being a thing at some point in that episode where he got married, or was about to be married. So, like, I, I don't know, like, it just seemed like there was a lot left on the table. And according to Renzetti, like they only wanted one more year. Yeah. They only needed one more season to finish, just get it all done. And they were just like, no, like they couldn't have even done it for like Nicktoons and just let him kind of go at his own pace. And Nicktoons, like, Nicktoons had like no original programming. Which is part of what I just want to make that make that clear to everybody. It wasn't like they were they were airing around like good shows. Like Nicktoons had like um Kappa Mikey. They had um what was the show about the Mexican kid? Oh, El Gray. Yes, they had El Gray. Um uh, that wayside. Whoa, that's a deep cut. <laughs> that's a deep cut. My my dad, the rock star, um, just yeah, basically all the like um, cast the rejects. Off, yeah, like all the rejects. Yeah, yeah, the cast off Teletoon and uh, Nelvana products. That I think Totally just, Spies aired on there for a while. It did. I think so. I know it was on Cartoon Network. It and, was, yeah, but and, it it got passed around a little bit too. It, it it was on a bunch of channels. I'm sure we'll get to that one at some point, but. Yeah, at, at the end of the day, it just nothing about the run of my life as a teenage robot just it didn't seem justified. No. For the caliber of show it was. To give you like a to give you an idea of how, the caliber of show we're talking about in the prime of animation in the you know early to mid 2000s 
in terms of network animation, it was nominated for an Emmy. It won an Emmy. It won the Emmy. <laughs> yeah, they said it won an Emmy. And they outstanding won, like, individual achievement animation at the 56 Primetime Emmy Awards. Let, let me see what it was nominated. What was nominated against it? It probably some good shit. Right, 2003. I don't know. I'm just saying. Let me see here. What, what so they got? won in 2004. So it was for a season one episode, probably. Yeah. I'm trying to think what what episode it might have been then. Might have been the first one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you never know. I I just can't believe that it uh the the Emmys like I I I would really like to know what was nominated friends oh it, they don't have it listed not on wikipedia um and even if i go to the even if i go to the emmy website they just have the winner they just have my life uh, robot. that's lame as shit but like you've got to think like what it would have went up against at the time we're talking you know billy and mandy ed ed and eddie um you know spongebob which was yeah like, a fixture at the time. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. No, you're a little early. I'm a, I'm a year early. A couple years actually. No, it was it it it. it I thought it came For out the, in 04. Nope, February 9th of 05. Huh. But anyway, you know, it was going up against some stiff competition. Fairly Odd Parents was in the prime of its life at that point. You know, Channel Chasers, Jimmy Timmy Power Hour, Jimmy Neutron was another one that I had to go up against. Proud Family. Uh, just an endless amount of shows that it would have had to go up against. Classics, classics. Yeah, and they won. And they won. Not, not nominated. Won. They won. And this is in its first season, its infancy. And you know, when you, when I think about something I've invested in as a network, I would think that the show that is bringing me critical acclaim. I would try to get it more viewers to make sure it gets more popular acclaim, which they did not do at all. No. <laughs> and it it's just unfair because like, I, I kind of wonder if because it just didn't hit the demo, it did poorly. Like Viacom obviously owns a lot of properties and especially at that time, I, I got to wonder if like, you know, since it was on Nick, maybe putting it on the N or putting it on MTV. Because I, 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 no, I don't think MTV decision. would work. MTV was a little, was a little, um, MTV was, was like, it's, it's in, the show is in that weird, like 12 to 15 age range, I think. Uh-huh. Where MTV is kind of like 13 and 13 and 21. Uh, Nick is kind of like six to twelve, for the most part. But like, I definitely kind of they're kind of like like you know how you you have a player that's like a small forward and a power forward, but they they don't they're not really good at either one, but so they play both. Larry Nance, pretty much, yeah. So that's that's essentially what the show was. Yeah, I I think I'd agree with that. Um, and that's why I think it might have worked better on like the end, for instance. Yeah, the end. Now the end, I do agree with you there. The end, they could have made it work on the end because the the end, 
outside of Daria, did the inn have any animated shows? Um, I think it took as told by Ginger eventually. Uh, an- yeah, an- another another show that was a bit bit more grown up for um and was also cast aside unjustly <laughs> from what I've come to understand. But yeah, it's just like I think obviously it wouldn't have got like the ratings they probably would have expected, but like you play that as like the precursor to like Degrassi. Oh my god, it's gonna get for that network, it's gonna get probably your second most views if you yeah, play Degrassi, it. Degrassi was huge. Um in still the mid thousands. Yeah, I'm still uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I do kind of feel though like because it's in such like a weird demographic if it just really wasn't built to succeed in that time mm-hmm. and kind of what i'm getting at is that the show's got a lot of very dense subjects that it goes over yeah throughout its run and the first one that comes to mind is like and i'm talking about like contemporary stuff now like dead naming one thing that literally the very first episode yeah right out the gate um like you know nora is constantly calling jenny her creation xj9 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 you know like you know calling her by her you know serial number name a side name (laughs) yeah and she was like I want to go by Jenny, remember? You know, and at this point, Jenny's been created for five years. So, like, she's learning about identity, I would figure, from right. the, you know, things that she reads in the magazines and stuff like that. Yeah, because if you notice um, on her wall in the first episode, she has um, posters of what I would assume to be like parodies of like NSYNC and Britney Spears. So like, yeah, kind of like a typical teenager of the era. Exactly. And to me, you know, I think in the current day, that is a very hot topic. Yeah. You know, no, it's just I, I personal identity. Um, f- your- finding your own way. Right. Pronoun- your- even even like pronouns and like what people refer to you as, like all of that kind of is tied into that. Exactly. And I feel like that's something that I mean, maybe maybe the show was trying to hint at that. But honestly, like, I feel like that may come off as unintentional the way that they did it. Um, another thing that like comes to mind is like the episode where you know she's trying to go to mesmer's and i think it's the first uh, raggedy android episode no it's no, that's the second one the, fir- the first one is, one is the right. uh, ferris wheel you're right um but the second raggedy android episode when he has the no robots at the <laughs> at the at mesmer's he's being racist yes yes segregated <laughs> straight, up, straight up being racist <laughs> towards robots um, you know that I, I'm sure you know I'm sure somewhere in the back of my subconscious I knew that but like yeah. 
There's no way. No, nah, I was pretty. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, but like you know, there's that. There's obviously, you know, sexism in the show as well. Obviously, with her. Yeah, the football. Uh, the football episode comes to mind. The football episode. Um, what was that one guy? I cannot remember his name. He was like, you know, huge and buff and stuff. But he actually, uh, uh, Don Primo. Yeah. <laughs> How she basically just defeats toxic masculinity embodied in a man. <laughs> Hilarious. But there's that. Um, but while it's also, you know, this like beat em up show where like, you know, it's monster of the week type of thing where she Yeah, like actually good action for a show that's not primarily an action show. I'm not sure I would say it's not primarily and i mean like that I, I don't think that's why you would come come to it though like no, i like it I would it, uh, it would have been out of place on a tsunami it's kind of what i'm what i'm getting at yeah like it, you would not confuse it for like a dragon ball right. or or a um or or even, even an avatar <laughs> yeah exactly but you know it i think it balanced that yeah, like yeah. Hero they did, they did, they did a good job of like get, keeping both sides of the coin kind of around yeah because like you know you have like one episode in the two episodes that you get per you know one big block yeah that's yeah one one episode is usually like a slice of life and then the next the, the other episode in the same uh 30 minute block is kind of more like action oriented usually yeah i would agree and i i liked that balance i think it gave a lot of stability and lightheartedness to the show but it also kind of gave you a bit of an expectation which isn't always bad to have Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean like you said the action in the show was great um (laughs) the background music was fire yeah what did you you think of the animation so um when I was a kid, I always thought it was so cool because it was different. Yeah, me too. Not like other stuff. Because, like, you know, we were still kind of getting out of, like, that 90s kind of raggedy, dirty animation of, like, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco, even SpongeBob Angry in early seasons, Angry Beavers, etc. Ed, Ed, Nettie, things like that. Cow and Chicken. This show was very clean looking. Yeah, very sleek. Very sleek, angular. A lot, yeah, a lot of a lot of ninety degree angles, a lot of a lot of straight lines, a lot of um sharp. Sharp, yeah. Good, very that's a good sharp. word. Sharp. And I, as an adult, knowing a lot more about animation and stuff, I'm like, this show was like so far ahead in yes. terms of like what people are doing because what it really reminds me of in the current day is Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, even even like the themes, kind of maybe not to the like Steven Universe a little bit more like heavy handed with it, which makes more sense because like you're allowed to get away with more um, now than you would have been in 2003. But yeah, <laughs> the the animation, the themes, I think that's probably like the the closest analog of a show that I can give to my life's teenage robot. Obviously, there's differences, but Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't, I don't want to go as far as to say it's a spiritual successor. No. But, um, 
there, they definitely some... hung out together. Yeah, you can see the, you you can see the DNA. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, what I would say is that like the kind of difference is that like Steven Universe is a little bit more kiddied down. I want to so? say. Yeah, well, especially like the first couple seasons. Yeah, the first couple. Yeah, towards the end, I would disagree. But um, yeah, the first. first I'm not even getting into like Steven Universe futures and stuff like that. But I'm thinking more like you know, we talked about how like angular and sharp Mm -hmm. my life as a teenage robot is. It's a lot of rounded shapes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a lot softer. It's a softer show. Yeah. Yeah, which. Not a problem with that. I no, love the no. universe, but it's just an observation. But yeah, like I definitely think like other topics that they, you know, kind of touched on were like, yeah, they definitely like poke fun at Brad trying to be like typically toxic masculinity, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he always gets shot down. It's hilarious every single time. Get out of here, Brad. Or what, what uh, did they- Sheldon was an incel. Oh my god, dude, Sheldon was a simp. Was an incel. The the Lonely Hearts Club, like some of the jokes in the episode are so funny. That they, they are, but dude, I'm not sure you noticed this, but like one the buddy the got, got a whole noose. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, whoa. That's <laughs> but, no, that's dark for a kid's cartoon in 03. Yeah. It, kids cartoon in general i mean honestly yeah like i'm i'm amazed they got that past like the nick censors but i don't think i don't think they noticed because that's usually usually how it goes because like that's usually how it goes like the only time they like i watched a youtube video on it like they caught it it was while they were like running in a pack yeah it's in like it's in like a couple frames yeah but like another thing that they you know kind of go over is trauma affecting relationships and the Mm -hmm. very first episode of season three kind of touches on that so like the kind of gist of that episode is like jenny meets a new boy at school but he's like freaked out by technology which she which she so happens to be unfortunately (laughs) but like they like each other and he he just can't overcome it so it's kind of like prejudice, but also like trauma kind of affecting things and not being able to get over it and not knowing how to handle it, obviously. And I mean, I think that's really, that's an important thing to talk about because we all to an extent probably have experienced some form of trauma. And, you know, the more that we like recognize it, the easier we are to get past it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely a good show. Um, like it, it it it's a good show for like kids to learn certain lessons. Like it definitely it definitely gets into like the feelings of being ostracized, um, dealing with people, dealing with different situations, uh, learning from learning from your mistakes is a big theme. Um, that's pretty much pretty much once an episode. Oh yeah. Some somebody does something that they shouldn't have done, and it kind of comes back to bite them in the end. But that's kind of like a like a like a kids children's TV trope anyway. But they do a good job of um life trope. <laughs> yeah, they do it. They do a good job of uh of um spelling that out. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know the I think the thing that's great about it is like it's not 
tremendously obvious all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not heavy-handed. No, not there, at all. I mean, there are some where it is, but most of the time it's not. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, a lesser show would have had her just date Sheldon. Ugh. <laughs> Which so we, we do not we do not award people being incels, um, pretty much yeah. But a thing that's pretty interesting that I found out through my research and my digging was that we alluded to the uh, raggedy android episodes, and there were two of them. There was supposed to be a trilogy, but because of how dark the third episode was. And the second, okay. the second one is honestly pretty dark. Like it's pretty damn dark. Basically, yeah. like Spider Man Three, like the 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 Raggedy and Android suit is essentially Venom in the second episode. Yeah, but like has a weird, you know, fascination with like societal standards for women, which is really weird. But it fits the show. Oh yeah, it definitely fits the show. But yeah, there was supposed to be a third one, but. Apparently, the premise of it got a little too dark. Like, the skin like threatens Brad's life or something to that effect. Um, I would have liked to have watched it. This, is, this, this was back when you couldn't say kill or die on a kid's or fire. Fire. That's <laughs> ah, true. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead got sent to jail pretty much for saying fire. Um, but yeah, like, it's just. It's so interesting to see all these like very dense, heavy subjects being, you know, weaved very delicately into the story to a place where a child would be able to glean why it's wrong and, you know, get the lesson of the episode. And, you know, in addition to that, they also kind of go over and I think you kind of touched on this, like some more, you know, very teenager topics you know, like body image issues mm-hmm. and worrying about fitting in and popularity, which is important. Like, yeah, it's something kids can relate to. Yeah, definitely. And like, you know, they also have some allegorical references in the show to uh, certain things, like uh, Vexus is Hitler. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Yep. And uh, so effectively, what happens is on cluster prime vexus has taken away everybody's like battery pack to make them super nazi germany yeah and uh keeps them all to herself so she's the only one that's powerful enough to fight back and um well (laughs) uh jenny finds them along with uh vexus's daughter and they give them to everybody and free everybody. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, that was another character I thought was weird that we never really saw again was Vega. Yeah, uh, I definitely thought because like we we do see Vexus after that in like a season three episode where like her and uh, her and her like right hand guy and the mad scientist dude they uh, you know they're all kind of outcasted now and Mm -hmm. kind of just strolling the galaxy and uh, you know i just felt like that was not a proper end to those characters (laughs) and that like story arc 
it just felt like so abrupt like it, as we alluded to at the beginning like the ending of the series just doesn't there's no finality there and like the just absurd amount of like storylines to tie together at the end kind of reinforces that you know yeah so that kind of brings me to do you think this show could work in today like in today's world uh yes with a few changes um i think number one it would probably have to be more um the narrative would probably have to be more tightly wounded um how do you mean i think this the show as it was was a little too serialized like too episodic yeah like no kind of other way around kind of like just there's no real through line to in the plot like there there are certain elements that come back and, and reoccur but like there's no like linearity right continuity things of that and nature. and i think you'd have to age it up a little bit so oh, you're not talking, you don't have like, to make it like you don't have to make it like family guy but like kind of what the iCarly reboot is doing where like they can tackle some adult topics, but it's still very much like in the vein of a children's show. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking more like, you know, age it up a little to like a, like you said, not maybe not like a TV 14. Right. Maybe a TV PG. Yeah. Like, obviously, you know, Violence can get kind of rough on the show. Make it a little yeah. rougher. Push them to the edge a little further. And, you know, if you age it up a little, you can tackle even more topics and maybe be, considering the era now, you can be a little bit more heavy-handed with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you that they would definitely have to age it up. Is there anything else that you were thinking of? Um... No, I honestly think, like, a lot of it would hold up pretty well. Like, the characterizations, I think, would hold up pretty well. I don't – there's no really, like, oh, man, that character wouldn't fly today or this this kind of topic wouldn't wouldn't, – you couldn't do that on on television now. So, so no. Yeah, like, honestly, Sheldon ages up better (laughs) because we we have something to call him. We we have a few things we can call it, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I do think you know, given that like Nora dead names Jenny on, on occasion, that could lead to people like not liking her as much. Even though I think she's a great character, um, and you know, she calls her her daughter closer to the end of the series, which I think is nice, but. My thing is, and we talked about this a couple days ago, you wondered if it could survive in the current way we consume media, which is mostly through streaming, where everybody's kind of got like a, you know, free reign at really watching anything they want at any given time. Yeah, there's no like structure that and that's that's kind of one of the things I think could be a detriment to it, like. I don't really know how kids consume media. (laughs) 
So, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not a kid. No. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know, like, are kids talking about, like, cartoons and playground like we used to? I don't know. So, you know, I don't, I don't know where it would be better served um, in this day and age. It's hard, it's hard to say. So my thing is, I think from the from the creation side of the show, mm-hmm. it would work even better now because, you know, as a creator in the streaming climate that we're in now, you can go at your own pace. And yeah, no, it, it would definitely be better from a creator standpoint because there's less there's less urgency. Uh, urgency yeah, there's less urgency. Uh, Nielsen ratings don't mean shit anymore. Um, Unless you're live sports. Even then, like even then, just that's a different conversation because sports are kind of like evergreen. Like if, if, if you have live content, like if you can just get whatever you get from it, it, it it's pretty much fine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, scripted, scripted shows, no. Ratings mean nothing now. Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier that like Rob and the network kind of you know ruffled feathers with each other because of that like strict you know scheduling that they had with him i think him being a very take your time make sure it's done right kind of person this kind of culture would work a lot better for him as yeah, a for sure because then because then he could take his time they probably would drop the whole season in a day mm-hmm. um he wouldn't be on like a two week deadline to to do episodes anymore. Yeah, it would it would it would definitely behoove him from a creative standpoint for sure. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's already used to most of his show being dropped on, on the same day. So <laughs> yeah, you ain't wrong. So yeah, but anyway, you know, I think from that aspect of it, and from the content of the show aspect of it it would fit right in today Mm. though i do agree with you it needs to be aged up a little bit made a little bit more mature i also think that with rob only wanting one more season to just kind of shore up all the storylines like misty for instance came back in all of the seasons and in her most recent episode that she came in i think it was like episode four of season three or something like that She's like, you know, a hired vigilante that takes care of stuff and, you know, wants to be paid, wants to be monetized, things like that. I would be interested to see, like, what that makes of her going forward. And I think that's part of something they were going to, you know, probably tackle because I read that she was likely going to be like the main villain of season four. So... Yeah, I definitely think that like aging it up would definitely be preferable. But I mean, the show kind of already has like a loose continuity to begin with. So like going to like straight continuity for the last season, like if hypothetically if they got rebooted and was able to finish now, I don't think that'd be too far out of their realm of ability, you know. Mm-hmm for the writing staff. Um, Another thing that 
you know, I came across was just some stuff they were going to do for season four just to, you know, they had some ideas floating around. Um, Melody's arc was supposed to be resolved, which I would have been excited about. Um, XJ10, according to Rob, was going to happen. Not yeah, pleased They, they could have done that. a lot with that, I thought. I think they could have, but like, would have been worth it? Because like, apparently, like, her whole shtick was like, she's a more popular person at school, but she's a worse fighter. So like, to me, it's just you like, could you could have done something with them trying to like coexist. True, it's just like they don't do that for XJs one through eight, really. Well, yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of like a one episode thing. Like I, like I, I honestly think like the the XJ one through eight thing is like an offhanded gag. Whereas with it's like, a good gag, it is, it is. I I enjoyed it, but I think just getting into her like her supposed successor would have been it would have been pretty fun dynamic to explore. Sure, that's true. Um, she also would have Jenny would have gone back in time to go fight with Nora when she was working for. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, those are some of the ones that you know obviously got left on the cutting room floor as the show got canceled, but. I would have loved to have seen the show like play out naturally, and they only needed one more season to do it. And if the producer twelve more, they twelve ten to twelve more episodes, they would have got everything they wanted to get in. Yeah, and like if the producers love the show so much, then it shouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> like move it over to Nicktoons, give it a similar but maybe slightly reduced budget, and let them finish it out properly. Like even if it's not on main Nick, at least it's get it's going out the way it's supposed to, narratively. But you know, obviously we can't <laughs> we can't go back and change that. But one thing I wanted to circle back to that you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the TV schedule mm-hmm. is. I'm kind of wondering if perhaps there was a theme to shows in the mid, the early to mid 2000s, not really getting great scheduling or, you know, the success that they deserved or even the time slots to, you know, help get them the popularity they needed to continue. I'm kind of wondering if there might be a theme there. What do you think? I think there might have been just too many shows. Too many like cooks in the kitchen? Yeah, like you had too much of a good thing. Like if you notice now, Carson Network has what? Off the top of my head. I six, seven shows at the most that they're running. I have no idea what's on Cartoon Network at the current moment. <laughs> I just saw like Craig of the Creek, um, okay KO. Uh, I'm there's We Bear Bears, Steven Universe. There's more, but there, but it's not a whole lot more. Like back then, I feel like they were like, t- you had all the stuff on Toonami, you had to run. You had all the stuff on Maguzi, you just talking about Cartoon Network. All the stuff on Maguzi, you had to run. You had this, you had the um, 
all the Hanna-Barbera stuff. You had all of the Cartoon Network originals. That's like 20 shows you got to fit. You got to fit in into. Baby what? Looney Tunes. Yeah. Movie do things of that. So nature. it's it's naturally when you had that much going on, some stuff is going to fall by the wayside, which is which is unfortunate. But that's that's just the nature of the uh, nature of the beast. Well, what I'm more so thinking about is, you know, thinking about that time being a kid. Mm -hmm. Rugrats ended in 2004, so it would not have been competition, really. All all Grown Up was on at that time, wasn't it? But All Grown Up was, I want to say, like, weekend premieres, so it wouldn't have conflicted. Yeah, he used to come on. I remember he's come on on Sunday nights, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it, it, it used to come on, and As Told by Ginger used to come on on Sunday nights. I remember. Yeah, and by then, As Told by Ginger was getting slotted out and being timeline or um, scheduling screwed as well. Um, Rocket Power was out of the lineup. Um, like I'm just thinking of the shows of the era. You it know, was a transitional that- period. Cat Dog also got screwed out of its last season, similarly to My Life as a Teenage Robot. And it makes me wonder if there's a certain sponge that might be kind of responsible for that. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the thing about SpongeBob is that, like, that's the moneymaker. Like yeah, they're, they're they are they are going to make decisions that will not spite that show because it is the it's the king. Was yeah. that the right was that the right thing to do? I I mean, kinda. <laughs> they made they made a lot of money from that property. They still do make a lot of money from that property. It still I, airs to this day. New episodes, as a matter yes. of fact. <laughs> well, to me, it's just like. And this is more of a, I mean, we kind of touched on this with the last episode of the last show that we did about MTV. Mm-hmm. Viacom kind of started doing the marathon culture then with SpongeBob. Yeah, because I remember I remember when, when SpongeBob would be on for like six hours straight. Yeah, like... And some some days some days it would be SpongeBob from noon to like when Nick at Night would start. It would be SpongeBob from like noon to eight thirty. Yeah, and it wasn't even like a designated marathon. No, it would just be random episodes, which is insane. Like, you know, not that SpongeBob's bad or anything. No, like it's it's fine. It's just like that is such a detriment to the other program on programs on your channel. To the network as a whole, like, how are you going to, like, reasonably develop franchises if you're not even giving them a chance to actually show what they're worth? I mean, My Life as a Teenage Robot is honestly, like, a prime example of them screwing up something good. Like, it won an Emmy in its first season. Not many shows do that. Hard to do. <laughs> not many, not many shows, period. Like, never mind a cartoon. Yeah. And for it to just honestly just get 
cast into the scrap heap to the graveyard shift effectively it it's it's uncouth it, it just doesn't make any sense like if the network executives loved the show so much they would have designated a time slot for it because we talked about it at the time the heavy hitters of the network were spongebob fairly odd parents jimmy neutron which great shows yeah well avatar Avatar was on its way too it, it was and honestly had it not been for shows like my life as a teenage robot shows like that don't get picked up yeah but what I'm getting at is like I think Avatar would have been Cartoon Network would have would have got on it if if Nickelodeon didn't. Um, oh yeah, it would have been on two. It would have been on two. Yeah, it would have fit. It would have fit their fit their mo a little bit better. Um, I, I always thought it was kind of weird that, that that show was on Nickelodeon, but nevertheless, well, there's, there's another show that made its way from Nickelodeon to Cartoon Network that I'm sure we'll get to at some point. That definitely was kind of weird, but. I guess what I'm getting at is like, I feel like SpongeBob's success like cast an almost impossible shadow for any show that came after it to follow because Nickelodeon just didn't care once they got, you know, permission to make more episodes. Yeah. Unbeknownst to a lot of people. It was supposed to end after season three in the movie. But I mean, Steven Hillenberg was like, oh, I get a bag to just sit on my ass. Hell yeah. Yeah, like they they were it it became it became too big to fail. Exactly. Which it came to the detriment of even it kind of it kind of killed Nickelodeon's like animation uh department for a little while uh it did they had when was the last time that nick that nickelodeon legitimately had a show an animated show that was a hit other out out outside of um legend of Korra, which is a spinoff of of um that avatar you can count that because it got moved to nicktoons that's yeah that's right i forgot about that um i mean the loud house is getting a movie so I guess you could argue that. Yeah, but but then they're doing the same thing with that that they're doing with SpongeBob. They play it all day. That's true, and it's and it's not even as good. But right, like, yeah, I'm trying to think back. Uh, Danny Phantom, but even it got even then, yeah, it didn't sell enough toys, right? So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm talking about like a stone cold hit. Fairly Odd Parents. Well, I I mean, when did when when was the first episode of Fairly Odd Parents? Two thousand one. So I, I guess okay. Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, yeah. I guess Jimmy Neutron has a debut a year later, but like even then, that's like, all really the same time frame. That's two thousand two. <laughs> so nothing since high definition television. No, no, 480p and back, baby. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think that SpongeBob's success has ruined that network. Yeah. And I think that My Life as a Teenage Robot is like, unfortunately, like the first and worst sufferer of 
SpongeBob Shadow. Well, really, it's, the, it's like you said earlier. It's kind of like a Viacom thing. Oh yeah, I, the I just, only net the only network that I can honestly say that they don't really do that with is um is uh VH1, which is old MTV. <laughs> Not really. VH1 yeah, they, has the um they have the the reality shows and they're doing really well. I, I'm more um, so saying that like. VH1 has kind of inherited what MTV used to. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. They, like, um, they definitely are like that. Uh, fit that mold for sure. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand what you meant, but no, that's 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 actually a really good point. Um, yeah, they they fill that niche of uh, of the of the reality shows that are doing really well because MTV is a shell of its former self. Nickelodeon is a shell of its former self. Uh, BET is a shell of his former self. Um, they play the same stuff all day too. So yeah, it's it's that's just it's interesting. It's, Spike it's really TV interesting. did the same thing to itself. Yeah, uh, Paramount with, Network with, plays the same stuff all day. Yeah, you're right. Well, I, I was speaking more so when it was Spike when all they were showing was a thousand ways to die and Mansers all day. Oh nah, you didn't see the end. The end was like cops and 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 uh, oh, cheetahs God. all day, just like just like G four. Hell no, nah. but I I guess I guess this kind of progresses me to what are your final thoughts on my life as a teenage robot after you've rewatched it now as an adult? I would say doing it through a different lens. Um, I think it was a show that was ahead of its time, both in subject matter and animation. Um, I think it could be redone today or rebooted today, and uh, and it do well. And uh, I think it was an unfortunate casualty of some um, odd decisions by the network. Some sea creature, perhaps. Um, (laughs) So I guess my final thoughts are that I'm really glad that I hadn't like overhyped it in my mind Mm -hmm. um, from being a kid. Because I remember, you know, the action and some of the, you know, funny humor of it. Yeah, like, I am the robot, <laughs> like, stuff like that, which was hella racist, by the way. <laughs> hella racist and prejudiced. That entire episode pisses me off. Because, yeah, it's not like, that. You know what? I I, I I retract my earlier statement about stuff that wouldn't fly. That that wouldn't that wouldn't work with that. No, see, that would fly because it's a commentary. <laughs> It's like, hey, y'all, but you, y'all you know how people are. You know how people are. They won't, they, well, they'll take it at face value. Well, like it kind of, you know, shows like prejudice is teached, you know, it's ingrained. Mm, so, true. like, you know, that's the lesson that you, that you, that you learn. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, you shouldn't like, you know, you shouldn't change who you are to like, fit other people's expectations of you and stuff like that, which Jenny did not do. She stuck to her guns that entire episode. Got yeah. respected. But yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, I, I love the you know just really insane way that they weave these like very dense very heavy topics in there and they have an insane amount of humor which... <laughs> I, obviously like you said um you kind of it kind of goes over your head as just being a kid 
And, you know, going back to it now, I'm, I can appreciate it in an entirely different way, which I'm sure we're going to say about several shows. Yeah, you just that, view stuff through a different lens when you're older. Oh, yeah. And I obviously, I think it could be redone today. I want to see that happen so that way it gets that proper ending that it deserves. And I guess the only, like, mild criticism of the show, which kind of goes back to it being, you know, more episodic instead of not linear is that like you don't really see a lot of change throughout the show like you know i don't think jenny experiences like a new level of self-restraint after after she like screws up she doesn't like gain new abilities and new powers or like new control over herself or anything like that so i guess that would be like the only thing like if I had to have a criticism of the show, it would be that like things don't change enough in the show, like in a Mm -hmm. grander way. So yeah, that, that I think at the end of the day, I think it's like a nine out of 10 show and I really wish it would get its ending, but I don't think it will. Yeah. I would, I would agree with about not getting in and I would give it probably like an eight and a half. Uh, I'm I'm maybe a little lower, a little lower on it than you are, but definitely a, a good show still today to this day. Yeah, and uh, that's all for the uh, first episode of the show show, uh, the show about shows. We appreciate you stopping in. Um, next next time we hop on, we'll be talking about the adventures of um, uh, what what were their names? It was Junie and. It was June, and uh, what was the other guy's name? Oh, God. You put me on the spot. Um, Fuck. It's brief. <laughs> I legitimately do not remember. Kablam. <laughs> yeah, Kablam is the show we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about Kablam. It'll be a good time, because that show is very off the wall. and it's <laughs> a lot. There's a lot to go into there, but we appreciate you stopping in. Uh, you Henry and June. <laughs> Henry and June. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Dirt Reynolds 23 You can follow me at Nike's on my tweet. Uh, you can follow the uh, soon-to-be-renamed uh, FKA podcast on Twitter. And uh, also check out our racing podcast that we do every other week or so. Uh, proceed with caution but until then uh, we hope you'll join us for a kablam or another episode that you know features a show that you're interested in and thank you so much thanks